Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise, and you are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on F4W Online. And so today is kind of bittersweet, everyone, because today is my last um, episode of Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on F4W. Um, for those of you who missed it, I made the announcement uh, yesterday that starting on Friday, I'm going to be moving all of my Speak Now Pro Wrestling shows over to my YouTube channel. Um, as you guys know, I recently hit 100,000 subscribers. And um, the reason that I'm moving the shows over is because the channel is growing and I I really want to um, keep I've said, I think I said this last night, but I really want to keep uh, feeding the channel. That's the way that you continue to grow is by feeding it with content. Um, so my channel's like ride back, like ride back, feed me more, feed me more. Anyways, <laughs> that's probably not the best example, but it's kind of all I can think of at the moment, but legitimately. Um, so I am going to be uh, streaming live on my channel, uh, exactly the same schedule that I was doing here with F4W. So for those of you who are fans, of, who are fans of the show, you still will be able to watch it your normal time slots and everything just on a different channel uh tuesdays i will still be there to talk about nxt wednesday aew dynamite and then fridays we'll have smackdown and on some occasions rampage as well uh so please uh if you haven't already youtube.com slash denise salcedo is the place to be um but i do want to say though that if like i would not have gotten there though without f4w i'm also not leaving f4w i want to make sure that's very very clear because i love working here so this is not goodbye i'm not leaving uh i I'm still going to be posting my videos that you guys see here on the channel, which is called The Latest. If you guys haven't seen those, um, those are basically like news, daily news rundown videos that I do basically just highlighting the wrestling news of the day, like the biggest wrestling need to know news of the day. So you can still watch those here. Uh, those go up pretty much daily on the channel. So please make sure to support those. Um, and then on top of that, I'm still going to be doing the F4W commercials, which air during wrestling observer live so you'll still be able to see my content in two different places on f4w as well as on my channel this is a very exciting um it's a very exciting move. It's very scary. Uh, it's a huge risk. And I'll further explain on Friday. But for the most part, I'm really excited. I'm excited to, to basically push myself to uh, continue growing that channel and seeing what it can really do when I'm really putting 100% of my focus on it instead of just, a, you know, like a 50% focus. So anyways, I'm really excited to talk about AEW Dynamite tonight because I thought this was an interesting episode there were some things that i really enjoyed it, it was weird because i thought the things that i really enjoyed were really good and i had a good time with it but then there were some things where i'm like what are we doing here what is this and the things that i didn't like i really didn't like so i kind of felt strong like nothing was in between on today's show i felt strongly uh whether i like something or dislike something for some for today's episode of dynamite and it was kind of a newsworthy episode i would say so we are going to go ahead and get into that in just a second but we got a couple of super chats to get into here today and uh, we got a first one here from brandon charles powell who says congratulations denise on 100k followers on your channel your hard work is paying off keep it up thank you so much i'm so excited about that. Um, it, it took five years to do, guys, a little over five years. So it really is kind of, um, it's a huge thing. 
Uh, Andrew Cool sends in a super chat saying, man, they should have announced a fatal four-way today, but hopefully we get a DQ next week and it becomes official because we all want to see this match at double or nothing. So we're going to get into the pillars in just a second. That's going to be the first thing that we cover because that is going to be taking up a majority of this podcast. Uh, so we will make sure to get into that in just a second. We have a super chat here from David Kaplan who says, hello, Denise, congratulations on the 100K subs. You really deserve it. It's been a long journey from doing Taylor Swift ranking videos videos keep it up uh, thank you so much David I appreciate that man and thank you so much for the super chat as well all right so let's get into this guys so let's get into dynamite we're gonna cover um the start of the show and the ending of the show together because they coincide since it all has to do with MJF and the four pillars. Uh, well, and well, the four pillars, uh, including MJF, clearly. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of that because there were some some things that happened, some some decisions that were made. Uh, there were there was a lot there was a lot that went down in focusing in on this story. So when this whole thing started, I was thinking that it was very clear that we were going to be getting a four way at double or nothing then the next week it was like okay well you know we, we're getting all these different stories right we're getting there's mjf and darby ellen there's the portion of mjf and sammy Guevara, and then there's the portion of mjf and jungle boy and there was one maybe like one or two weeks where i was really interested in what he was sort of doing with jungle boy but as i mentioned last week I think the stuff with Darby Allen has been my absolute favorite. So if you were to say like, hey, Denise, do you prefer the four-way or do you just want to see MJF with versus Darby Allen? I'll be cool with either option, but I'm definitely leaning towards wanting to see MJF versus Darby Allen over at Double or Nothing. And I do, I like, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, torn here i don't know which direction they're gonna go in i do think that they could easily just do that match just do that singles match between darby and mjf because i think that's like the hotter i think that's the hotter portion of this storyline but then again it can kind of swerve us and still stick with the four-way but i don't think so i'm having a bigger feeling now that we are just gonna get darby versus mjf at double or nothing which is kind of what i do prefer to see so anyway so we we're gonna start with the first portion of dynamite so we had the four pillars out there. Well, first we had Darby, Jungle Boy, and Sammy. And we kind of get a lot of back and forth. Now, the last time that they did this at MJS Bar Mitzvah, it was really good. And I thought this one, this one I was a little bit conflicted. So the first round when we had uh, the Bar Mitzvah thing, I definitely thought that each I thought that each guy kind of topped the other one as they went on with Darby kind of winning the promo battle, in my opinion. And then it was, what was it, last week when we had that whole confrontation between um, Darby Allen, MJF, and Sting. It was one of those things that I thought that it really felt like, okay, Darby Allen is clearly standing above all in terms of in comparison to the other four to the other four pillars right in comparison to sammy and uh jungle boy he's the one that's clearly coming out a little bit stronger in these segments and so this one here 
I kind of felt a little bit disconnected in the sense that the previous promos that we've gotten from Darby, he has come across as a he's come across as a baby face in a lot of what he's been saying uh, in the first one when he was talking about, uh, you know, quitting move, quitting film school. And, you know, he's been confronting MJF about his morals and everything that went down last week. And so for the most part, he has really come across as a baby face in all of this. And tonight, I kind of felt a little disconnected from that, where I felt when Darby was talking today, he didn't feel like a total baby face to me. I kind of felt like his 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 vibe changed a little bit. And maybe I was reading too much into it. Maybe I read it incorrectly. I'm curious to see what you, the chat here, believes on that end of things. But I really kind of felt like... We were getting a different version of Darby from the previous weeks of Darby that we were getting. And so to me here, it was really Jungle Boy that kind of came out screaming in terms of like the he felt like the biggest baby face in there um, in comparison to Darby and Sammy Guevara. To me, I felt like Jungle Boy went in there with all of these um you know, these lines, like there was a moment where, uh, you know, Darby's basically burying Sammy. He's burying, I really liked this, by the way, when he was burying Sammy and he was basically saying that, or excuse me, Jungle Boy, he was burying Jungle Boy. And he said that when Jungle Boy got hired, he was kind of jealous of him because he was wondering whether or not he was going to get that opportunity to come into AEW. And then when he finally did, he realized there was absolutely nothing to be threatened about when it came to Jungle Boy. He also did bury Sammy by telling him that he was the least qualified when it came to it. And then afterwards, this was my favorite part, and this was from Jungle Boy. So Jungle Boy tells Darby, you know, I see all these kids out there and they have your face paint and they're rooting for you. But if they only knew who you're, who you really are, who you really are backstage. And that kind of got everyone going, hmm, where's Jungle Boy going with this? And he says, you know, you, you're antisocial. You only, you, you're antisocial. You only want to hang out with people that you think are at your level or are as cool as you. And anybody who's not as cool as you, you kind of dismiss them. So basically that's what he's saying about uh, Darby Allen. And then he hits him with a line saying, you're only here because you didn't make it as a skateboarder. Now, I did like everything before this. I didn't like this line. The line about you're only here because you didn't make it as a skateboarder. And the only reason I didn't like that line is because I almost felt like it was a self-burial of pro wrestling, where it's like, oh, well, you're only here because you didn't make it over here. To me, it kind of felt like a little bit of a burial of the sport when you kind of said that line. Like, I get what he was trying to say, but I kind of felt like he kind of put skateboarding above pro wrestling in this specific line. Like, clearly, that's not what the intention was, but that's the way that it came across. So I didn't like that line per se, but I did like him basically tying in uh, Darby Allen's on camera, on camera persona versus who he is backstage. I thought that was really good too we got jungle boy calling sammy a piece of shit the crowd definitely uh the crowd was really good today they're calling him a piece of shit and it's going off very well so finally mjf goes out there and mjf says that there's going to be a tournament that he spoke with his bestie his best friend tony khan and that they decided there's going to be a tournament with the winner going on to face mjf at double or nothing he says one guy is going to get a buy he 
pulls the name out of a hat and it's Darby Allen. So we get a round one match here between Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy. And that is our main event. And the winner of this match will go on to face Darby Allen. And the winner of that match goes on to face MJF. Before this, we, before the actual match, MJF goes up to Sammy Guevara and basically tells him to, uh, he, t- he basically hands him a check to do his dirty work, okay? And he ends up, during this match, he ends up taking out, so right before MJF comes out in the, uh, and disrupts the main event, we, there's a moment where Sammy Guevara drop kicks jungle boy jungle boy goes flying into another dimension literally right onto um one of the tables that they had on the outside goes right in there poor kid can't get up can't come back he's almost being counted out mjf runs in basically takes him out and so what you get here is sammy guevara winning this match and then afterwards you have sammy guevara and mjf celebrating because they screwed jack perry out of this opportunity and now he clearly wants to screw uh you know darby allen and he's doing all of this so that he can buy basically sammy guevara is in cahoots with mjf he wants to he wants Sammy Guevara to purposely lose to him at double or nothing or whatever. So this is where we're at with this. This kind of got a little bit convoluted, but I'm going to just say this here right now. I'm definitely liking all of the involvements with everybody in this story. I'm liking everything here, but I do think that it has to be Darby and MJF at double or nothing. That feels like the big story. I know that there's been a lot of good stuff with Jungle Boy, but I still feel like it's Darby MJF. And we've mentioned this a million times before, the match that they had at full gear. They opened the show. They stole the show. Um, I want to see that again. So let's see where you guys are at with the whole uh, pillars thing. And there was kind of a lot that I ran through on that one. So let's see what people are saying. Andrew Cook sends in a super chat saying, yay, Denise, let us know how we can support you. Thank you so much andrew cook youtube.com slash denise salcedo reggie simmons sends in a super chat saying congrats thanks for being a positive contributor of the pro wrestling community keep shining i try man i really try chris ludek sends in a super chat saying hope all is well denise a little off topic look out for pedro um tavares jr he's looking to get an nxt or AEW tryout he's only 26 wrestled d1 at penn state and is my wrestling coach oh that is super cool thank you so much for sending in the super chat and kind of um I'm putting the name out there. So if we ever see the name on our television screen, you know you heard it here first. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying congrats on 100k subs Denise now on to 1 million also hot take incoming the outcasts are officially somehow worse than the nightmare collective with the amount of talent in the outcast they shouldn't be that damn boring FFS now I'm not going to translate what ffs means but you guys know what ffs means um but look sheldon i look i thought that today was definitely a lot better when it came to the outcast and we'll talk about that more i want to make sure to give it its proper due um so I know things haven't necessarily been that great with them, but based off of what we saw tonight, I'm kind of hoping that we do get to see um, something change a lot faster. But we'll talk more about that when we get into that match there. Uh, Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat, for the very nice words, and onwards and upwards to 1 million. Thank you so much to Sheldon for uh, for sending in his 
Hot take. I love them hot takes, by the way. Justin Martin says, I really wanted the four-way, to be honest. I say MJF buddying up to Sammy to fix the tournament is because he feels less threatened by Sammy than Darby or um, uh, Jungle Boy. Yeah, I agree. And that's definitely why he's doing it, clearly. And that's part of him being a heel and all of that. But let's see what else we got here. Let's get into... Um, Let's get into the women's tag. Actually, we were already going to get to that. So Sheldon Jackson, this adds into your super chat that you sent here. Um, so this was, okay. One of my complaints about the outcast and everything that they were doing with the Jamie and Britt storyline along with them was that they were, and with Riho and Sky Blue and Willow and all these people that ended up getting involved in all of this. My complaint during all of this was that they were copy and pasting the exact same thing every week. Every week, we got the exact same thing. Match, attack, person's outnumbered, they run in. Uh, whoever runs in to basically help out whoever's getting attacked by the outcast. And that's it. Literally. That was what we were seeing for weeks. I'm going to say maybe at least like three weeks, maybe even a month. Uh, I feel like we were just seeing this consistently. And so unfortunately, it kind of got old very fast. With that being said, today we ended up getting Jamie and Britt. And clearly this is Britt's hometown of Pittsburgh. And uh, they faced Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. This match I liked that it got started off hot. I thought that it got started off really good. I thought that it needed to get started off that way, given the way that, you know, they've been doing all of these attacks, all of these run-ins, all of everything that they had been doing before basically led to them starting off this match the way that they did. So I did like all of it, but it did feel like this match was already long overdue because we sat through so much of the same thing. This match did feel like a long time coming. Um, so it finally happened. And here's the thing. Like, I didn't think this match was too great. I thought it was a little messy. But here's the, but because this was Britt Baker's hometown, the crowd was eating it up, man. They were eating it up. They were very invested into this because they love Brit. And so they got a great reaction. And so no matter what you were going to get out of this, the crowd was going to be into it. And I think the crowd kind of made this match more so than what it would have been maybe in another town that probably didn't care as much. So I do think that today was definitely a big improvement on what we've been seeing with the storyline. And I I kind of, I hope they don't continue to drag it out too much. I, de I desperately want to see I desperately want to see, and based on what we saw later on with Brit, where we know it's going to continue going on because we'll talk more about the outcasts later on because they did attack Brit Baker later on. So you know this is not coming to an end anytime soon. But I just don't hope. I I hope they don't drag this out too much because I desperately want to see uh, kind of Jamie Hayter do a little bit of her own thing. Uh, she's the champ. I want to see her do her own thing. Um, I, I want to see what Jamie Hayter kind of looks like on her own. And I'm not saying that she has to like completely break away from Brit or anything like that. But I do kind of want to see a little bit more of that focus on her as a singles AW women's champion versus, you know, 
a melee of everybody else that's involved here. Uh, and that's personally how I've been feeling about the storyline for, for quite some time. And Nick Grosso sends in a super chat saying the tag match was not that interesting, not feeling the storyline, but I love what the outcast did with Jericho. That was the best they have looked. Um, yes. So we'll talk about that once we get into the Jericho portion, but that was definitely um, that that worked out. That was very dramatic. We had a lot of good stuff all in that one. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying, Team Denise for life, you're one of the best wrestling YouTubers and it has been amazing watching you and your business grow. Thank you so much, Grapple, Grapple Geekery. That means a whole lot to me. And I'm happy that you mentioned business because it's true. I'm my business. I am me, my business. So um, thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for, for the nice words. Okay, so let's get into the elite and the BCC. So this here, one of the things that I've been saying, and I made sure to tweet this out today, is that the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club and their feud overall has been adding new life into AEW Dynamite, into the weekly television. Uh, the reason I say this is because I thought that the BCC was getting stale at one point. Uh, they kind of lost, for me, they kind of lost a little bit of their edge for a couple of weeks, but they got it back. And as for the elite, after the whole thing with the death triangle, I kind of felt like they were just there. And these are literally like your some of your biggest stars on this brand. So you don't want them to just be there. You want to, you know, really see them be utilized in something huge on the weekly programming. So, when the elites and the BCC came together, it was absolutely perfect to make this program, to make this feud. So Kenny goes out there, the Bucks are out there, and they're addressing the uh, damage that the BCC has done. And very simple, they get straight to the point, they call them out there, they want to fight like men, good. But instead... Brian Danielson pops up on the screen and he's like yelling and God knows what the hell he's saying. And he's basically distracting them. And this allows for a beatdown from uh, Claudio and John Moxley and Wheeler Yuda to come from behind and attack them. And so then they all end up in this fight. They all end up in this brawl. And then this is my favorite freaking part that we had here. So at one point, everybody's down and out, but the BCC has control of Kenny Omega. And Don Callis runs out there with a chair, right? And he kind of sees like, oh, this isn't good enough. Like, this is not going to work. So he runs back. And for a second, you're thinking like, did Don Callis just like coward? Did he just not care about Kenny Omega and cower his way out of here? But he had a plan. He had a plan up his sleeve. <laughs> And that plan involved pulling, pulling, <laughs> pulling Takashita the hell out of freaking catering and getting him out there. And I thought this was freaking funny because he brings him out and he's like kind of dragging him. You know, you know that Don Callis had been trying to recruit uh, Takeshita for quite some time now. But this time he like dragged him out to go out there and help out Kenny Omega. He clearly did. And um, this is exciting to see Takeshita uh, get involved with uh, with the elite. And the reason is because this dude, man, this kid, he has it all. He's got the looks. He's got the uh, he's got the the in ring skills. Uh, now it's just a matter of you know he's getting the rub from the elite right now. I thought this was a perfect and refreshing thing to contribute to the elite and to contribute to this program. And so 
this all really worked out very, very nicely. So I was a fan of what they did here and the way that they involved uh, Takeshita in all of this. We got a super chat. Oh, I reread this one. Sorry about that. Uh, we got a super chat here from Heidi Ho who says, I'm late to the party again. Congrats on your 100K, Denise. That's badass. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho for sending in this lovely super chat. Um, All right. So let's see what else we got here. Let's get some comments about um, Takeshita. This is from Delayed Gratz who says, putting Takeshita over was the right move. Uh, Justin Martin says, big win for Brit and Jamie in Britsburg. That moment was coming for a while. Yoran says, Takeshita is going to join the BCC. He hesitated on Brian Danielson. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he needs, I don't think they're going to go about it that direction. I think he's, he's fine with the elite. I don't think it's going to be a swerve. Hopefully not. I really, really hope not. Nick Grasso sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Nick who says, this is a great segment. I don't believe to catch does with the elite him. And why you guys are seeing this too. No, don't say that. No, to catch this. Okay. Okay. Nick Grasso says, this was a great segment. I don't believe Takeshita's with the elite. Him and Callis are going to go with the BCC, which opens up the door for Kota Ibushi to come in. Look, I don't, okay, fine, fine. You know what? Fine. Since everyone here is saying that's what's going to happen, fine. And the only reason I'm saying fine is because I do love the idea of seeing a reunion here with the Golden Lovers and bringing in Kota Ibushi. Now, we know Kota Ibushi can most definitely sign with AEW. It could, it could happen. Definitely can happen. Um, so only for that reason am I okay with this. But let's say this was not going to happen. Let's say Kota Ibushi wasn't going to come into AEW. Let's just say he wasn't, or we don't know, right? Um, then I wouldn't want to see Takeshita, you know, basically screw the elite and then go inside with the BCC. <clears throat> so, and here's the thing though, is that the BCC ever since they lost William Regal and, you know, they do need somebody to go out there and talk on the mic, man, it could be Don Callis for them. Oh boy. All right. If this leads to Kota Ibushi coming into AEW and us seeing this reunion, I'm okay with that. I am most, I would actually prefer that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> thank you so much to Nick Grasso for also sending this in as well. Um, and this is from Ender Buckley, who says, I think the hesitation was from the past story with MJF and Danielson. Okay. Uh, Bo knows Tecmo says, at least we know some decent storylines are going on right now. That's all, that's all we can ask for, right? Some decent storylines to really get into. And I think that's like, that's why I said that this program is adding life into AEW. So there you go. Now, we've been putting the show over for the most part. I've been liking a lot, but I'm going to have to be a little bit of a negative Nancy right now. So I'm sorry to everyone here who is coming in here for some positive vibes, but I am not, how do I say this? I'm like, I'm very I was not happy with this. So we're getting, so we got, excuse me, Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT Championship. And prior to this, by the way, Wardlow uh, announces that Arn Anderson's going to be out there in his corner. Very cool. Whatever. So we get this match between Wardlow and Hobbs. Now I'm a big fan of both of these guys. Really am. I thought this match was not 
the match I was expecting them to have. And by that, I say that I thought it was good, but I thought it could have been better. I, I thought for some reason they didn't necessarily click as well as I thought they would have, considering that we've seen them in the past, you know, intertwined before when they were doing everything with Samoa Joe. Um, for some reason, this match kind of just felt a tad bit off to me. But I still enjoyed it. I liked, you know, the belly-to-belly -belly suplexes that we were getting from Hobbs to um, to Wardlow at the top of this, them going on the outside, fighting on the outside. Okay, fine. That was all fine. But it wasn't like too, it, it just, I think it could have been better. It could have been a little stronger. But anyways, we get a whole mess of situation here. So QT gets into it with the referee. And while he's getting it into the referee, uh, we end up seeing we end up seeing a confrontation there. So Arn and QT end up confronting each other in this match. Okay, does a little pow pow guns from Arn Anderson. QT Marshall leaves as he's leaving. Penta comes in from behind, super kicks him, sends him back into the ring. Arn Anderson hits him with a DDT. And then finally, QT rolls out. This all leads to Wardlow defeating Powerhouse Hobbs and becoming TNT champion for a third time now. So, I kind of felt a little disappointed here. And the reason I say that is, again, one, I didn't really, I wasn't too crazy about the match. That's one. Two, Given that we were seeing the book of Hobbs and all of these things that they seemed like they were doing with Hobbs and he wins the TNT championship and everything leading up to that was really great. And then things kind of went downhill very fast because when he won, one of the biggest criticisms that people had when they watched this episode of that episode of Dynamite was that he had help. He had assistance from QT Marshall and I did not like that when Powerhouse Hobbs when Powerhouse Hobbs won that he had the help from QT Marshall uh, to win this match. Like I did not like that portion. I didn't mind the union of QT and Hobbs. I did not mind that portion of it, but I did mind the actual uh, execution of him winning the title with the help of QT because I didn't think he needed it. Uh, he definitely did not need that. Okay. But there was a lot of criticism surrounding that on social media. This was a huge topic that, you know, people were talking about in regards to that. But I'm still thinking, okay, you know, clearly we want to see Hobbs go out there. And we were rooting for him. I feel like a lot of people really wanted to see what a, what a TNT championship run for Powerhouse Hobbs would look like. And if you were asking me, Denise, well, what does that look like? I can't even tell you because we didn't get to see much. We didn't get to see much at all because now Wardlow's champ. And here's the thing. We've seen Wardlow as champ before as TNT champ. And my biggest criticism of that was that they did the same match with Wardlow over and over again. We were talking about copy and pasting earlier. They copied and pasted every single like Wardlow match. It was the same match over and over. And so it was very kind of hard to get into the, to get it. And I love Wardlow. I'm a fan of Wardlow. That's why I kept saying like, switch it up, switch it up. Let's do something different there. And so I'm okay with him being TNT champion again. I just hope that it's a different type. I hope that he 
I hope that the matches are different. I hope that we actually get some depth in the matches, that we get some quality matches. I don't want to see quick squashes with the power with the powerbomb symphony. I don't want to see that. I want to see more than just the powerbomb symphony over and over again. So with that being said, even though I was sad that Hobbs lost the title because I did want to see more of what that could have been like, but there is a huge pro in this. And here's the pro is that we know that now Wardlow is going to get into a program with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus because immediately after this, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came out and kind of confronted him. So, you know, how do I say this? I trust Christian Cage. He puts out such great work. I feel like based on what we've seen with him, just in AEW, just speaking with AEW only right now, based on just what we've seen with AEW and his work in AEW and the, the program that he did with Jungle Boy, which was phenomenal, I trust that this is going to be a good program too with Wardlow and Cage and uh, Luchasaurus and all of this. So I am looking forward to that. As for what's next for Hobbs, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what's next for Hobbs. If someone has some brilliant ideas that I haven't thought of or or didn't think of, didn't cross my mind, please put them in the chat because I am curious as to um, – what you guys think or what should go down from here. But yeah, I would have definitely liked to see a little bit more for Hobbs. And that's the only reason why I was kind of, you know, just a little bit bummed out by this. Um, so let's see what else we got here. Um, man. All right. So M. Caspito says TK just needs to book Wardlow better. Those matches aren't his fault. And uh, let's see what else we got here. And <laughs> okay this is from anthony who says i feel like wardlow they shit the bed with him now i'd want him back with mjf i would not want him back with mjf no and the reason i say that is because when he finally broke away from mjf it was such a, a big moment and that was like the most over he had ever been and to really just see where he went from last double or nothing. Let's talk about this, guys, because one year ago when we were, you know, going into double or nothing, this was like the peak for Wardlow. Uh, let's not forget the big story that was going on, um, you know, for double or nothing time uh, last year with MJF and whether or not he was going to, you know, uh, whether or not he was going to show up to, to have this match with Wardlow uh, when Wardlow went out then and squat and beat the living hell out of MJF and got the win. That was absolutely crazy. Um, it was just a different time period for Wardlow there. And so, and that pop, that reaction he had, that pop that he got when he basically helped out, uh, when he basically screwed uh, MJF in that dog collar match, like there was just so much there that had Wardlow at the very top. And then with that first run as a TNT champion, a, a champion, a lot of that was completely unraveled, completely undone. And that really did suck to see because it felt like that we were at the peak of MJ of, of Wardlow. And then it kind of went downhill. So I really do hope that they can kind of grab some of that back. I don't know. I don't know really if they can, because they, he was at a different period and a lot of that had to do with every you know this long story that they told with him and MJF where you know MJF for a very very long time he was you know basically being so messed up to Wardlow and doing all these like really mean things to Wardlow and you're wondering when's Wardlow gonna break away from MJF and then he finally does and everybody's like yeah 
<laughs> um, so I do feel bad, but um, we'll see what happens here. We'll see what happens. Um, Johnny says, sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Johnny, who says TNT title will change hands every month till 2024. Um, we've been seeing the title change hands a whole lot. Actually, let me let me pull up the list here. TNT championship AEW history. Hold on, because um, I mean, obviously, we know we've seen God. Darby hold it recently. Samoa Joe, Wardlow, Hobbs. Um, all right, but let me see the actual. Hmm. Apparently, I do not know how to shop. How to shop? Uh, how to? Uh, how to search for? <laughs> oh, there you go. Sorry, I clicked on the wrong one because you can click on it and then not click on the actual. All right, let's see. What year are we in? Twenty twenty three. In twenty twenty three, we started with Darby as champ. Then immediately the next month, we went to Samoa Joe. The next month, we went to Wardlow. Couple days later, Hobbs. And the month later, Wardlow. So, so far this year, we have definitely had a title change for the TNT Championship once every month with March being an exception of it happening twice in one month. So, we haven't really seen... Um, a very long title reign. Actually, the longest, the last one that was the longest was Wardlow back in the summer of last year. He held that for 136 days, which was pretty much when we were getting just a bunch of squashes. Um, and prior to that, it's till Darby Allen back in 2020. He held that for 186 days. And I love that. Um, I thought Darby Allen had one of the best runs as TNT champion because they um he's the one that I'm one of the TNT champions that I'm most, how do I say it? He sticks out to me the most only because I really did love those series of matches that we were getting uh, with him. So those were some good stuff too. Man, but yeah, we've been seeing this title change hands quite a bit, at least once a month here. All right, so anyways, um, let's go ahead and press on from here and move on. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into this next match here, because I loved this next match. This was a fun one. It was simple. It was entertaining. It was good stuff. And that was Jay White versus Commander. So first and foremost, good news, everybody. Commander is now officially All Elite. A couple of minutes after the match actually went down, Tony Khan tweeted on Twitter and basically announced that he's All Elite. This is a good, guys. Uh, you know, everybody's been seeing the reports, hearing about the new upcoming Saturday show. Uh, we still don't have any real details just yet, or at least any concrete details. Everything's been, uh, you know, reported out there about the, you know, the two-hour Saturday show that can be coming. We still don't have any more details, but that's where we're at right now but based on what we've heard based on those rumors based on those reports they're going to need more bodies and i know you're like denise what are you talking about they have a bunch of bodies and they do but a couple more won't hurt when you got another show coming in especially if it's a two-hour show like people have reported so we'll see um so anyways so for me the way that i see this is like it doesn't hurt to sign another uh, it doesn't hurt to sign a young high flyer who is literally in his early 20s and to basically go out there and have these freaking awesome matches. So for me, I'm very happy to see that Commander got signed and that he's getting an opportunity. I'm definitely liking that we're seeing Tony uh, utilize more Lucha stars. Uh, that's very exciting to see. We've, uh, I know that, how do I explain this? I still want to see more of some previous names like Bandito. We haven't seen in quite some time. I would like to see Bandito again. Uh, I would like to see, obviously, a little bit more consistency. We have been seeing Commander quite a bit, though. So I can't argue that one too much. But anyways, uh, so he's all elite. 
Welcome, Commander. It's exciting stuff. Um, this match was fun, guys. What can I say? They had some good spots in here. You know, Commander did a lot with uh with the ropes. He was running the ropes a whole lot. Jay White was trying to stop him, trying to block him, but we got some really good stuff. Like we got um literally like a shooting star press off of the off of this a springboard shooting star press. There you go. Uh, we got a springboard Phoenix splash. I mean, like the guy literally the balance that he has is freaking crazy. So I can't even describe some of the things that he is able to do in there. But we do end up seeing uh, Jay White hit the Blade Runner, get the win. Cool. Um, This to me was a win-win on both sides. Commander gets to go out there, gets to shine a little bit, hit some exciting spots. People love to see it. It's a good time. Jay White gets himself a solid victory. I saw both sides here. Um, Sean Spears was watching during this match. He was out on the outside. Now, we haven't really seen much of Sean Spears a lot lately. And the last time we really got to see anything of Sean Spears was really, was it the accountability, accountability, but accountability buddy. What was it? Accountability buddy. There you go. Accountability buddy. I think that was the last time we kind of got Sean Spears in an actual storyline, right? Was there anything that happened after the accountability accountability buddy stuff? Is there anything that happened after the accountability buddy stuff? I don't remember anything that happened afterwards with Sean Spears after that. Um, that's my last memory of a program that Sean Spears was involved in was the accountability buddy with uh, Wardlow and MJF. Um, so basically, after like the fact that he's kind of getting that he... He goes out there and goes at it with JY after this match. I thought this was fine. It gives Sean Spears, you know, something to do on the program uh, since we haven't seen a whole lot of him. And I thought he did a good job when he was in that role with MJF and, and uh, Wardlow. I thought he did a really good job at that. So Ricky Starks goes out there. He helps out Spears at one point because he gets outnumbered uh, by JY to Juice Robinson. So this was good. I like this. All of these, uh, you know, young guys going out there and being involved together. Some good stuff there. Um, let's see what else we got here. This is from Delayed Gratz, who says, uh, Jay White looked strong and managed to put Commander over with the crowd as well. He definitely did. That was the good stuff there. All right, let's see what else we got here see what everyone's saying <laughs> all right um this is also from delayed grad says commander's a good pickup for the fast-paced high-flying aew style uh justin says congrats to jay white on his first wins congrats to commander on signing it'll be fun to watch him continue to make a mockery of gravity on aew tv <laughs> oh man some good stuff there all right man all right everyone there you go that was uh, Commander and Jay White. So uh, we got a cup, literally just one more thing to talk about. And that's pretty much AEW Dynamite for today. So it kind of went uh, pretty fast here. We are going to be, okay. So before I get into Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, since that's going to be like the lengthy thing that we did get, we did get the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Acclaimed. Um, this was not for me, guys. So I don't even care to press on with it nope i'm going to adam cole chris jericho let's get into this so this was this was fun because we've been seeing adam cole and chris jericho kind of side eye each other and they've been doing this thing where 
you know, they don't, they don't make eye contact at each other, but you know that they have an issue with one another, but they're not making eye contact. And that's what we saw for like the last two weeks there. So Adam Cole is out there, you know, face to face with Jericho. And he basically tells him, you know, like, I'm a fan of yours. You, you know, I got my catchphrase from you. I read your book and look at us. Now we're in a ring together and they go in, they shake hands. And it was funny because in this moment, I'm thinking, they're shaking hands out here. Man, they couldn't even make eye contact. But this all then led to Jericho basically, you know, not being the good guy that Adam Cole was being. And he basically tells them, I don't got respect for you. Uh, you're an arrow. You're an arrogant son of a bitch. And he tells them that uh, he's lucky he doesn't slap him in his dumb face. And so then Adam Cole calls him a jagoff, which is apparently a term that they use there. And uh, I had to go in and actually like look for the meaning of what jagoff is because I did not know what a jagoff was. For those of you who do not know, a jagoff is a jerk, idiot, or really any kind of irritating or unlikable person not unlike douchebag it's closely associated with the city of pittsburgh ya jagoff and this is from slang dictionary so <laughs> congratulations now we all know what a jagoff is um so Adam Cole calls him a jagoff. The crowd loves it. They're chanting it. It's all great stuff there. And finally, Jericho tells him to get out of his ring. He's not a jagoff. Adam Cole won't get out of the ring. So they go in, they start fighting. And uh, so they're fighting amongst each other. Uh, Daniel Garcia clear, clearly gets involved. So you're seeing Adam Cole kind of be outnumbered there. So Britt Baker runs in, you know, his wife, she runs in and she pulls Jericho off of him. And it's like, no. And she slaps him across the face. And as she's confronting Jericho for you know, attacking her man, uh, the outcasts come from behind and attack Britt Baker. And so this was the stuff that we were talking earlier with the outcasts. I did like this. I like that they incorporated the outcasts into this it made a lot of sense and it's the only way to kind of for Jericho to get some revenge on Britt Baker without actually putting his hands on her and Britt Baker kind of getting eliminated from this through the hands of the outcast so this all leads to Adam Cole being held down and basically not being able to help out Britt Baker. Britt Baker is outnumbered by the outcasts and they start getting her with kendo stick shots to the back. And the whole time Adam Cole's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Britt, I'm sorry. And so this is very, very dramatic. Uh, they're just making Cole watch. And so you can't help but to feel bad and see him just watch his wife get beat up. And I'm just thinking, yeah, this is gonna be some material for AEW All Access for sure i haven't seen the show but so they're like the I, i'm they were promoted as like some of the main stars of the show so i'm assuming that's what we're going to be using that for so anyways that's pretty much what we got here i did like this i loved the spot where Britt baker ran out there to have her man's back that was literally my favorite part in all of this because why the hell not i know that I know that guys are going to maybe have a different opinion, but man, if I was like seeing my man get attacked by like a bunch of people and had no one to help him out, I'd run out there. I'd do something shit. I'd go out there, freaking do something about it. Right. Uh, I know some guys would be like, no, I'd rather, you know, get beat up than have my woman go out there and help me out. But nah, I see it differently. I would go out there and at least try to do something. So I did like seeing Brett Baker go out there and, and stand up for her, man. That was good. Um, but anyways, uh, clearly the outcast get her.
It all tied in very nicely. Uh, <laughs> Andrew A sends in a super chat saying, Silver play button, Salcedo. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, all right. And let's go ahead and get some comments here and see what people are saying. See, I knew, I knew people were going to, I knew people, this is what I went, because clearly we have a huge male de demographic on here, clearly. Uh, I'm curious, if you were getting beat up by, let's say, let's say four guys. All right. Let's just say you're getting beat up by four guys. All right. You're getting your ass kicked. All right. It's four on one. Are you okay with your woman running out there and doing something? I don't know. Tell me. I've had this argument before, by the way. Uh, my husband does not agree with me. He says that if he's getting attacked by four men, to let him get attacked by four men, that I should not get involved. But I disagree. I would go out there and do something. So anyways, I'm curious. Where are people on this argument? Delayed Gradson's in Super Chat saying, listen, listen. Talk about the acclaimed. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Delayed Grads, by the way, for the very uh, nice super chat. Um, Mike Martin says, nope, you don't go out there and cover your man. No. Okay, says no. Melissa Cabale says, DMD, you go, girl. I think this is going to be something we see differently uh, depending on who you are. Let's see who we got here. Uh, Enter Buckley says, I'd want her to bring dude reinforcements with her or a bat or something. Okay, so if you, she were to go out there with a bat, then that would be okay. I'm just trying to get some opinions here, guys, because I think that uh, depending on your, uh, you know, depending on how you see this is whether or not you're okay with it. Um, all right, let's see what else we got. Yodan says, as a person from Los Angeles, fair game to start fighting with me. Uh, all right, and... Heidi Ho says, no, I don't want my woman to get involved, mostly because I don't have a woman. <laughs> All right. Um, Terminal Bliss says, if my wife could kick people's asses, then yeah. Uh, Simeon says, if my woman wants to stand up for me, that's kind of hot. Uh, we got Mike Martin, who's very set on let the man handle himself. And look, I don't think there's anyone wrong here. This is, again, a situation that I think people are going to see it differently. Bert Juarez says, I would not, but my girl's a fighter, so who's going to stop her? You see, like, that's, I think that's, that's basically how it is with me and my husband. Like, I would, I could not, like, I would not not be able to do something. Like, I would grab a weapon of some sort and be like, get your hands off, <laughs> you know? But I know he would not be happy with that. But I would not be okay sitting on the sidelines, just watching, you know? Uh, so I think <laughs> it's gonna be a different answer for men and for women. Simeon says she best bring a weapon, not gonna lie. Oh man, alrighty. Oh, there's some good stuff here. Uh, Toto nonstop wolves says Denise gonna unleash her dreaded headbutt. Nah, man, I'm gonna go full death match. I'm gonna bring out my freaking pizza cutter and start slicing them at first, you know? <laughs> All right. So there you go, guys. Um, DX says, kayfabe, it's great, but not in real life. Okay. You know what? That's a fair argument. I guess it's, is it a fair argument though? Maybe, maybe not. It worked out in this situation because again, the outcasts went out there and basically were able to take her out. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone. That's pretty much what we got here with AEW Dynamite. Overall, pretty decent show, I would say. Uh, some things I didn't agree with, but for the most part, it was a decent show. And man, I feel weird that I'm about to say goodbye to everybody because this is, uh, you know, 
next time you guys see me back here on speak now it will be on my channel uh so again before i go please guys continue to support the podcast and for those of you who are asking me about audio uh i will be uploading the audio also on uh on my Spotify, I already have a Spotify, just search up Instinct Culture by Denise Salcedo, and all of the audio will be available on all of those websites. Uh, basically, I upload it to Anchor and Anchor uploads it to like all these podcast platforms that I didn't even know existed. So Apple Podcasts, obviously, I mean, no Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but there's way more than that. And they just automatically like unroll them into every place but uh youtube obviously youtube.com slash denise salcedo i will still be live tuesdays to chat nxt wednesdays for aew dynamite and then fridays for smackdown grapple geekery sends in a super chat saying all women have permission to save me <laughs> that's a good one grapple geekery thank you so much for ending us on that note um thank you guys so much and i will catch you on uh friday's episode of speak now pro wrestling on youtube.com slash denise salcedo please do not forget to check out the latest here on f4w online bye everyone <laughs>